Are you taking supplements and you feel like they're not working? Have you jumped from one supplement to another, wondering if you'll start feeling better if you just get the right brand or find the right herb that you haven't tried yet? Or have you been recommended by your doctor to take supplements like calcium, B12, iron, or vitamin D due to being deficient, they say, yet your numbers barely budge on your blood chemistry and you don't feel any different? If so, you may be struggling, like many other people and many of my clients, with one of the nine reasons why your supplements are not working. Yes, there are nine reasons, and they are really important if you want to make the biggest bang for your buck and your time and energy when it comes to supplements. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over those nine reasons why your supplements aren't working and give you an idea of what you can look into next to make sure that the time, energy, and money you're putting into supplements is, in fact, worth it. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. All right. Well, before we get started on this episode, I just wanted to talk about why I was inspired to record this episode. And the reason why is because many times when I am consulting with women or starting to work with a new client that I often hear them say, I'm on all these supplements and I'm not sure they're even working. And I Honestly, I just see that online a lot. I see it on blogs. I see it on Instagram posts where people are asking, you know, what supplement should I be taking? And that's what this episode is going to be all about and the nine reasons why supplements might not be working and what you can do to evaluate that in your own life when you're considering taking a supplement, what supplements you're already taking, if you need to be taking new ones or something different. I really hope today opens your eyes and gives gives you some ideas of what else might be going on in your supplements and supplementation. All right, so we're going to start with number one. The number one reason, not the number one, but <laughs> number one in our reasons of why your supplements aren't working is you're not absorbing them. And so when you don't absorb supplements, there's typically three reasons why, and that is low digestive ability which is your stomach acid is low, your bile is low, or your pancreatic enzymes are low, or you have a combination of the three. So stomach acid being low is we actually have a whole podcast episode dedicated to it, which we'll link in the show notes, which is we talk about actually zinc and how zinc is correlated and connected to stomach acid levels and how low stomach acid often actually causes acid reflux, not high stomach acid, but if you have low stomach acid, you can't absorb iron as well. You can't absorb calcium as well. And you can't absorb vitamin D as well. Those are the three big ones that I just see all the time. Doctors, they run a blood chemistry test and they'll tell you, you know, you might have been told before your iron's low, so take some iron supplements. Your calcium's low, take some calcium. Your vitamin D's low, take some vitamin D. And you might find yourself taking these supplements in high doses. And it might, you might even get blood chemistry done six months later and it feels like you might even see that it's barely budged. Why is that? And it 
could be. And if, if you have low stomach acid, you're just going to be putting these supplements in your body and your body's actually not breaking it down. These supplements, iron, calcium, and vitamin D need a high acid environment to be absorbed. Also, B12 falls into the um, stomach acid category because the same cells in your stomach that create hydrochloric acid, which is your stomach acid, is also create something called intrinsic factor. And intrinsic factor is needed to absorb B12. So if you have underactive cells that are that are creating your hydrochloric acid, that they're also impacted in creating intrinsic factors. So your B12 is going to be low, and then you're going to be supplementing with B12. And then you might still be told your B12 is still low, even after taking it. And you think, is it the kind of B12 I'm, I'm taking? Is it the quantity of B12 I'm taking? And really, you just have low stomach acid. And um, the solution to that is actually taking support for stomach acid, but also finding out why your stomach acid is low. For example, if you have something called H. pylori, with it, which is a pathogen in your that hangs out in the stomach, that's gonna it eats stomach acid. It, you will have low stomach acid. Um, if you don't have enough zinc in your body, you need zinc to create stomach acid, so that will be low. So you might it might not be a calcium, iron, vitamin D, B twelve supplement problem. It might be supplementing with HCL or getting rid of H. pylori or taking a supplement with zinc in it, which is just mind-blowing again to realize that and it's not you can't just know if you know you have low iron or low calcium, you can't just say, well, what I need to do is take HCL. It's not that simple, but that is one option. If you have low bile and low pancreatic enzymes, you're not going to be breaking down fat and protein as well. So any of your fat-soluble vitamins, uh, you can't absorb any or you're not going to be absorbing as well any protein, if you're missing protein, like say you're eating it and then you don't have bile and pancreatic enzymes and stomach acid, that's another problem um, for for protein in particular, as well as fat. Uh, You can't break down protein, so you're not getting the basic amino acids you need to both build things like muscle, but also things like neurotransmitters. So now your mood is impacted. So maybe you're taking um, supplements for serotonin or dopamine. You're taking, you know, these prescription medications for your mood where maybe you you just need to break down protein better. And then another problem for not absorbing uh, your supplements is leaky gut. So if your gut lining is damaged, you won't absorb that. Um, you basically, just your cilia, the, the inside of your, where you have absorption surface area in your small intestine, that gets damaged. So you're just not absorbing it. You end up pooping out supplements because that's damaged. The key there is knowing and figuring out why is that intestinal lining damaged? Is it food sensitivity like wheat or corn or dairy? Is it, you know, pathogens like a parasite or C. diff? Um, Is it what what is causing this intestinal lining damage. And then lastly, a weakened or dysbiotic, aka imbalanced microbiome, will, which is often paired with leaky gut and other gut health problems. Um, your microbiome helps you digest food and actually break it down into a, an, an absorbable form. So if you have a weak microbiome, the solution isn't probiotics. Probiotics can be the right thing to do at the right stage in healing. But sometimes, and we actually have a podcast episode on this, uh, I think it's like actually one of our first ones, episode two or three, um, why probiotics aren't healing your gut. And there'll be a link in the show notes and you can check that out. But that will be, you know, that is, again, it's not this point, like if I have a weak microbiome, I just take a pill. And so you'll hear me say this several times on this podcast, it's not a pill for an ill. (laughs) Like if I have low calcium, I'll just take calcium. If I have a weakened microbiome, I'll just take a probiotic. You actually have to figure out why is my microbiome weak or imbalanced? You know, is there a parasite present? Is there H. pylori? Low stomach acid will cause, um, will enable your microbiome to overgrow. And so SIBO is commonly connected with low stomach acid. So if you have acid reflux and you have SIBO, there's a possibility your acid reflux is a result of low stomach acid. So (laughs) these are things that not all doctors are really investigating and why functional health practitioners and functional health experts are getting such results with their clients. And and that's what I do in my practice. So that is number one um, reason why you might, your supplements aren't working is you're just not absorbing them. Number two is they're not absorbable, which means they're not in a good form. Uh, One option is a folic acid versus something called methylfolate. So um, you might have come across at this point, it's kind of becoming a bigger topic on the interwebs, but people talking about the fact that 
there's more and more people who can't absorb folic acid. Folic acid is actually kind of like a synthetic form. It's not what you find in nature. Um, if you were to actually get the form of folate that you can eat from nature, it's methylfolate, and that's often in your dark leafy greens. Um, you know, we don't really find folic acid in nature in the food we eat. Um, and so folic acid, something that we did, um, something that the government did to put into food to try and help people. But actually, if you have problems digesting folic acid and, and transferring it into methylfolate, because we can convert it, but not everyone can. And this is the problem with, if you've heard of the MTHFR gene, people who have that gene or a, a um, mutation of that gene can't convert folic acid into methylfolate, and folic acid can actually make them very, very sick. Um, according to Dr. Ben Lynch, who wrote a wonderful book on genes called Dirty Genes, I highly recommend it. I'm reading it right now. It is really easy to read. I would say he's done a wonderful job and gives a lot of examples of clients he's worked or patients he's worked with. But he says that even if you don't have the MTHFR gene mutation, that gene can still act what he calls dirty. <laughs> it can act dirty if you are stressed enough and you put enough strain on your body. And that could be through pathogens or through burning the candle at both ends, not getting enough sleep, just being stressed out. Um, so if you're feeling sick, it's likely your genes also aren't performing the way they're designed to. And of course, you could actually be have been born with a what he calls that dirty MTHFR gene mutation. Um, and you can get it to act clean, and these are using kind of his words, you can get that gene to act clean if you have the right um, setup around the gene, but you know what basically a good breakdown from the MTHFR problem is just taking methylfolate, eating dark leafy greens, and, and if relevant, taking methylfolate. Now, you don't want to take methylfolate excessively. It can actually make you feel worse if you are taking more than what you need and it's not relevant to your case, but that's an example of, of a supplement that's not absorbable. And something else that not ever, I don't see on every single blog post out there, so it's worth mentioning that um, folic acid, if you're taking it and you can't break it down, um, if you're taking folic acid and methylfolate, but you can't break down folic acid, folic acid is still similar enough in structure that it will bind on your cells but then it can't be absorbed into your cell and it will actually block your cells from getting methylfolate inside of them. And so you can actually make yourself, even if you're taking methylfolate, if you're taking folic acid at the same time, if you're even like eating foods that have been like, so like there's lots of breads and just foods that are augmented with folic acid and you're taking a methylfolate supplement or like a prenatal supplement that has methylfolate in it, you could still not be absorbing it because you you have any folic acid in your body if you have a problem breaking it down. Leaky gut and cilia damage also will, again, cause problems with you not being able to absorb food. Um, so again, you want to check for any type of pathogens, get a stool test done, get an organic acids test. If you've had a stool test and it came up empty, um, make sure that you're not eating inflammatory foods. Um, I actually recently found out, I did a test on myself um, because if I've brought it up. I've talked about it. And since January, I um, got pregnant for the first time and then I miscarried. And I just took that as a really big sign, signal of my body saying like, hey, we're not good yet. This is not a good time to conceive. And so I've done some extra diving into different things, even though I feel pretty good and felt better than I have ever felt in my entire life of 28 years. And the, you know, I did one test that actually had a food sensitivity test. And it was a deep dive into a couple foods. I looked at wheat, I looked at corn, I looked at grains just in general. I looked at something called lectins and I found out I'm really sensitive to corn and I'm really sensitive to rice. And I took an intestinal permeability test, which is the fancy word for leaky gut in 2020. And even in 2020, when I was feeling quite good, I still had signs, like actually solid signs of leaky gut. And in 2021, when I did this testing for corn and, and wheat and, and grains, and I'm sensitive to wheat, but that's uh, I've known that for a while, um, my leaky gut was still there. So even though I don't have a parasite, even though I don't have other pathogens, um, 
that corn and that rice that I've been eating for the past year plus, because I'm not eating, you know, wasn't eating wheat, but I thought I could eat corn and rice, was actually continuing on that leaky gut. And so it really is worth looking into these things. And you can't just say, well, well, I don't eat wheat and I don't eat dairy and I got rid of my pathogen, so I should be fine. It's like if you don't if there's signs that you don't feel that things aren't good, like infertility, um, then then that's good reasons to keep looking deeper. So number three, the number three reason why your supplements aren't working is you're not eating enough of, you're not taking in enough of that supplement to make a difference. So for my clients with mineral imbalance, which is pretty much all of them when we, when we test, we'll do a, something called a hair tissue mineral analysis where we actually take some of their hair and we send it to a lab and they analyze the minerals that they've been excreting over the past three months. Um, That's the time period we're looking at when you take a hair sample. And my clients who have mineral imbalance, when we see that they have, if they have low magnesium, not all of them do, but if they do, you, to get a therapeutic effect, we want them to be taking a dosage that's five times their body weight in milligrams. So if you're 150 pounds, that'd be 750 milligrams daily and specifically in a form of malate or glycinate. And that is for a specific person purpose. I wouldn't recommend maybe not every person needs 750 milligrams um, or five times their body weight in magnesium. But if you do have a problem, you want to make sure that you're getting a therapeutic level of that mineral. And without testing, uh, oftentimes you don't know if you're getting a therapeutic level. You need to testing is kind of the basis of saying we know that there's a problem and we know now that we know exactly what the problem looks like we actually have the tools to to rec- make a, a recommendation that will actually work the other thing is that um, that I see commonly when people are talking with me about what they've done in the past is that their pathogen protocols that they were recommended I'm often surprised and just kind of intrigued by how small they are. And so a lot of people will come to me and say, I, you know, I've already been treated for already done an herbal protocol for H. pylori or for um, blastocystis hominis, and I still have it. And I ask them, well, what did your practitioner do with you? And a lot of times I'm, I'm like, that's not enough. And so, for example, I had a client who was only given Allicin, which is not my name, but A-L-L-I-C-I-N. And that is the active ingredient in garlic for that's like kind of the antimicrobial aspect of it. And I was kind of like, wow, that's that's not necessarily whenever I work with my clients, we don't do just one thing to help balance a microbiome or to help your body get rid of a pathogen. The other thing about pathogen protocols, and this is just a side note, is I never just, I would never just recommend taking a supplement just for that that pathogen because a lot of times the best way to get rid of anything in the body, whatever type of pathogen it is, mold or lime or uh, parasite, you want your body to actually be stronger. And so another problem I tend to see is that people only address getting rid of the pathogen, but they don't give themselves supplements or they don't do things in their lifestyle that actually makes their body stronger. Your body has to be a part of getting rid of that pathogen for it to be effective. And so if you're just taking a pill for an ill, again, like, well, I have I have C. diff or I have um, H. pylori, so I'm just going to do this one thing or even these three supplements or whatever it is that you're doing, but you're not sleeping better. You're not you know, reducing stress, you're not moving, walking and detoxing. Um, it's just not going to be as effective. And so in some ways that's a, that's sort of saying, and we're actually alluding to another point I'm going to be making in a moment, but it's sort of saying that it's not enough to just take the supplement. You also need to pair it with other things. But, but specifically, I do see problems with it just not being a high enough dosage to be effective. Um, another reason why your supplements aren't working is they're not the right combination. So I'm going to go back to magnesium. When we do a hair tissue mineral analysis, sometimes someone needs magnesium, but magnesium is not the only thing they need. They might, they frequently also need potassium or zinc. Um, they they might start their protocol needing magnesium and cal or magnesium and zinc and um, 
I just blanked on what I just said, but the halfway through their protocol, they might actually switch their mineral balance and now they need more calcium and they need more sodium. And so we actually want to make sure that that they're getting that right combination. And then again, reminding kind of to point number one, that you might, if you're taking zinc and calcium and you also want to know, do you have low stomach acid? And if you do, you want to pair that zinc and calcium with hydrochloric acid or betaine HCL. So, um, that is, you want to make sure again, you have good combinations of supplements so that they're all enabling each other to be absorbed. Uh, taking omegas, omega, you know, three, six, and nine can be really helpful in absorbing your, your minerals and your vitamins that are fat soluble. So, um, that's again, another example of having a good combinations of foods. Um, the other, uh, reason number five, why your supplements aren't working is you're not taking the right ones. And so this might again sound, I've already made some of these points, but just realizing that, um, you're not absorbing the supplement or you're not taking the right one. They're all, all these things kind of bleed in together. So, um, one thing that I tend to see is that clients come into me and they, are taking adaptogens of some sort. So ashwagandha or rhodiola, these things are supposed to be helpful for your adrenal gland health, but then they also aren't sleeping at night. Well, why are they not sleeping well at night? Because their melatonin levels are low because, and their melatonin levels are low because their gut lining is damaged, um, or they're, you know, having problems with their serotonin levels because they have a MAOA gene mutation. And so their serotonin levels are dropping, you know, they either have a slow or a fast gene mutation for that. So that can impact your serotonin levels. They're waking up in the middle of the night or they have liver congestion. And we've talked about this, about this a lot on this podcast. When you have toxic burden in the body that the liver can't get rid of, it'll turn itself on at night to try and catch up on some of these, um, to- packaging these toxins. And you'll wake up from three to 4 AM or like two to 4 AM consistently. And you might even be in a kind of sweating stage because the liver will heat you up so much. And so using an adaptogen while still having pathogens in your body by when still not sleeping well, by having eating a diet that is not helpful for you specifically. Maybe you're not eating enough carbs. Maybe you're not eating enough protein or fat. Maybe you're not breaking down your protein and fat because you have low stomach acid. Adaptogens are just not going to be able to overcome the other problems in the body, the, the cortisol releasing problems, whether that's a pathogen or maybe a stressful um, home life or um, a stressful job uh, or just, you know, training for for intense athletic experiences is very, you know, releases a lot of cortisol. And if you're also sick on top of that, um, you know, low grade sick and you're trying to be healthy and you like running marathons, but it's like, wearing you down and an adaptogen is just not going to do the trick. Um, you, another thing is, is like, you want to know the form of the, the supplement you're taking. So for magnesium, I'm using this as an example, a lot of people are magnesium deficient. It's just how it is. And part of that is because actually when we're stressed, whether that's like psychological stress or biological stress, like I have a pathogen in my body or I feel sick or I'm in pain. Pain is a, um, biological and a psychological stressor, um, magnesium gets depleted. Magnesium is very much involved in the process of, of managing stress. And so it gets just burned through. Well, there's different types of magnesiums for different kinds of problems or needs. And so magnesium citrate is good for bowel movements. Magnesium glycinate is good for your remineralizing and actually absorbing into your tissues. And magnesium threonate is good for your blood brain barrier. And when I did my blood testing for my food sensitivities. I did a test called the Zoomer test by Vibrant America. And I did, I added on a free test uh, that I got with my bundle and it was called a neural Zoomer. And it looked at my, my brain health and what my antibodies were saying. And was I showing signs of, you know, demyelination, like basically heading in that direction or blood brain barrier problems or, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia. Am I showing these signs? And, um, I, my, my highest marker on that test was that I was having a blood brain barrier that was breaking down. I had a high amount of antibodies related to that. And so I'm actually right now taking magnesium threonate to try, because magnesium threonate can 
can actually pass through the blood-brain barrier and it's good for brain health. So that's very different than glycinate and it's very different than citrate and you want to know kind of why am I taking it and how much should I be taking and what's the intent and the purpose um, and therefore what form do I need of, of a supplement. Um, other, other ways to say you're not taking the right supplement is um, actually, you can have on your blood chemistry test, it can look like you have low calcium, as in it'll say you'll have low calcium. It can even say um, you have excess calcium, and you can even have like osteoporosis, and you can actually be having a problem that you're leaching calcium, and your calcium is in excess because your body actually isn't holding on to your calcium. And there's lots of reasons your body will actually leach calcium, and it has nothing to do with how much calcium you're drinking or eating or supplementing with. And so interesting thing about calcium, when your body leaches calcium, and it we call this a calcium shell when it's in an extreme form, it, it'll often do that to protect you. Um, calcium can can actually dull nerve endings. It can dull like cells and 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 your whole body. It's it's like a shell. It, it's it's numbing. It's a it's a mineral, and so um, calcium. Our body will do that. Like when we have extreme trauma or extreme stress or extreme pain or or like emotional pain, the body will put us into a calcium shell just to protect us and to kind of numb us out. Um, but the other thing is that calcium is a sharp mineral. And as it builds up in the body, if, if your bones and if you're just not holding on to calcium in the places you should, like your bones, it'll end up in your soft tissue, like your skin and your joints and your muscles. And calcium can actually cause then pain, deep pain. And so that's where you kind of get this fibromyalgic pain and this achy joints and um, you know, so when you supplement with calcium at that point, it's not the right supplement to be supplementing with. You need to figure out why is your body leaching calcium? Is it an emotional thing? Um, is it a, you know, pain thing? Like you've been in a lot of pain. Is it a, um, physical thing or a biochemical thing, um, where your body's not holding on to calcium because you have mineral imbalances? So, um, another supplement when, when we're talking about you're taking the wrong supplement, um, or you're not taking the right supplement. Um, an example, there's another example where you could be taking a supplement that is actually hurting you. Um, calcium can hurt you. Collagen can also hurt you. So, um, and the reason why is if you have candida or a yeast overgrowth like candida, um, candida actually will take collagen and it will process it in its own kind of, its its version of its own Krebs cycle. It's not a Krebs cycle, but it'll grab collagen and it'll turn it into something called an oxalate. And oxalate is another sharp mineral like calcium that your body naturally makes. We naturally encounter oxalates and we can naturally get rid of them. But when you have an excessive amount, what happens is it gets stuck in your soft tissues, like your muscles and your joints, and that will create pain. And so I will have clients come to me and they are drinking bone broth and they are making their own bone broth and they're adding collagen powder to their smoothies or to their brownies or whatever they're making and putting collagen in. And if we get a, a test result back and it says they have candida, my first thing I say to them is to get off of the bone broth, get off of all your collagen because you are feeding the fire. So that's another example of taking the wrong supplement. It's a you know, yes, is collagen important for you? Yes, but take it after the candida has been dealt with. And, and again, candida is often overgrown, overgrows because there's low stomach acid, because there's leaky gut, because there's a parasite. Candida is kind of like a, it's low on the totem pole of pathogens. So if it's present, you either are extremely immunosuppressed or um, you have other problems going on like H. pylori or low stomach acid or um, parasites, C. diff, uh, something else bigger, a uh, bigger pathogen. So just something to consider. Um, vitamin D is another supplement you can actually take, and it's just not the right one to take. And the reason why is because vitamin, you could have low vitamin D because of an overall pattern of mineral loss. So when you lose minerals, um, you actually have a natural progression. And the first mineral you'll lose is potassium. The next one is magnesium, then boron, then calcium. It'll be actually be calcium in the bone. Calcium will build up in the body, but it will actually like you'll, your body will, 
calcify. And if you think of calcification, that's hardening of something. Um, you might even see like calcification on like, if you have a lot of minerals in your in your water, you have like very hard water, calcification will be like hard crusties that, that build up on your faucet, things like that. Um, zinc loss is after calcium, then rubidium loss, then lithium loss. And lastly, vitamin D. Vitamin D is the bot is the vitamin vitamin the body will lose vitamin D in an attempt to stop soft tissue calcification to stop calcium getting into your cells and so now vitamin D might be floating around trying to stop all this calcium getting into your soft tissue but it's not bioavailable to you and so you're not using vitamin D in the way you're meant to to help your hormones balance and to help you have good energy and so when you have mineral loss like that, if if your vitamin D is low because of a progression and it like in a pattern, like a big problem of mineral loss, you can't just take vitamin D. You actually have to start taking everything else and actually go build up your potassium, build up your magnesium, build up your boron, you know, help your calcium. Sometimes you want to not be taking calcium for a while again, so you don't build up, build up your zinc, build up your rubidium, build up your lithium and build up your vitamin D and realize when you demineralize or when you get mineral imbalance, this happens over time. Your body doesn't just wake up like this one day. And so remineralizing and rebalancing your minerals will take time. And I'm not even talking three months. I'm talking, you know, depending on the types of minerals and how many other problems are going on, we're looking at six months, 12 months, three years. It depends on what the problem is and how many other things are imp- need to be improved along the way. Your symptoms could be greatly improved in, in a short amount of time, but you, you need to keep staying on that remineralization path so that you can stabilize into a good place. Um, and just realize when you demineralize, it's because of the body being exposed to more and more toxins and stress and the body loses its ability to adapt. And so again, this is really, it's not just like, oh, I've got low magnesium. Let me just take one thing. You really want to think about, well, what's your boron look like? Or what's your zinc look like? What's your HCL look like? Um, all that jazz. Uh, number six, the sixth reason why your supplements aren't working is lifestyle complications. So if you don't sleep regularly, it doesn't matter what adaptogens you're taking. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what you're doing to try and supplement your energy in a non-caffeine way. Um, sleep is incredibly helpful for us to detox, for us to rejuvenate, for us to heal our tissues at night. And if you're not sleeping, if you're not going to bed at a regular time and waking up, that's a lifestyle thing. Now, if you are going to bed at a regular time and it takes you a long time to fall asleep, takes you, you or you're waking up repeatedly, that's that could be other problems going on biochemically inside of you. But if you're kind of, you know, you know, procrastinating and and not able to and and ending up like watching TV or doing fun things in the evening, but then you're starting on whatever projects you're working on from eleven to 2 a.m., like that's a lifestyle thing. Um, And so if you have kids, you might not be able to help that as much right now, but just realize that sleep is a part of that. And if you can help that lifestyle choice, it's going to make your supplements work better. Um, not, if you are not detoxing, you makes your supplements less effective. And so your toxins will build up. So say you're taking supplements. A lot of times when your body gets nutrients it needs, it starts to detox itself. And that could be pathogen detoxes, heavy metal detoxes, um, oxalates detoxes, excess calcium, whatever you're, whatever you're just swimming in and just have too much of those toxins and the body might say, Hey, I want to get rid of that. But if you're not moving, if you're not exercising or stretching or sweating or dry brushing or, um, or supporting, maybe supporting your liver, uh, with detoxing and there's different supplements you can take to support your liver, uh, like, N-acetylcysteine or alpha lipoic acid or milk thistle. Um, these are all things, or, or glutathione sort of it helps the liver. It helps you um, fight oxidation in the body. It can help you fight candida specifically. Then 
you're just not going to detox what's getting released and it it can actually make you feel worse. So that's another reason you could actually feel like maybe you're taking supplements and you feel worse or you don't notice a difference. And it's because it's like you're giving yourself something good, but you're it's enabling something bad and you're not binding up toxins. There's supplements that I will recommend my clients take that are in a category of supplements called binders. And these binders, there's different forms of them. There are binders that can be um, like biological, like, uh, like mold binding, environmental toxin binding. We also have binders I work with that are more related to metals and, and heavy metal binding and mineral binding. So just binding excess, um, minerals and, and metals that are in the body. Uh, and so, you know, but using an appropriate binder to assist the body, cause the body, once you're sick, you are just not able to, to do everything the way you would otherwise do. You, the toxic burden is too much. You know, if you can handle five, the, on a scale of zero to 10, if you can handle five, level five intensity of toxins and you've got a level 12 intensity of toxins, you just, you need supplements to help you. Another lifestyle complication that I see regularly and honestly, I work with myself a lot in is boundaries. So if you have a hard time saying no, if you have an overscheduled life, if you live by shooting yourself, and we actually have a podcast episode that kind of talks more about this, like, well, I should should exercise and I should eat right and I should, you know, see my in-laws once a month and I should be active in my church or spiritual group or all these things that we just like kind of guilt ourselves and shame ourselves in whether or not we're doing, we're either doing them and burning ourselves out or we're not doing them and then, and then feeling guilty and shameful about it. Um, or we're doing them and maybe feeling bitter, all these boundary problems lead to a lot of emotional burden that is real. It's biological. There's books that have been written on it, like Molecules of Emotion by Dr. Candace Pert, or The Body Keeps the Score, which is another like classic mind-body book um, written by a psychologist. I am blanking on his name. And so boundaries are real and the need for them to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, a book I do recommend that is I have here on my desk here is Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. Jonathan Townsend. It is classic. They have, you know, the first book, which is just called Boundaries. Then they have books that are specifically written for boundaries in certain situations, like boundaries in parenting, boundaries in marriage, boundaries in dating, boundaries in... I'm trying to think of what else I've seen out there. They've done a lot. <laughs> maybe like the workplace or something. Um, they just have a lot of books that if you're like, I am feel like I have a really big problem in a specific area, you could pick up a book that really helps with that one specifically, or you could get the general book. And we'll leave a link in the show notes. It's a phenomenal book and we do highly recommend it. And if you don't pair lifestyle with supplements, supplements do not matter, more or less. <laughs> Because supplements literally in the name in the in the word, they only supplement what you're doing. And so if you're just trying to take a pill for an ill and you're like, well, I'm trying to be healthy, so I don't want to take pharmaceuticals, but I'm gonna take all these supplements, but then you're not dealing with emotional trauma from the past and feeling like you let people down and, you know, shame and guilt about certain things or um, just high expectations from yourself and um, all these different things, it's just, it's, it's, it, that is going to be adding to your emotional burden and your body is not going to be willing to let you detox because it says, whoa, whoa, whoa she's not ready for this. There is too much else going on in her mind and her life and your body is a self-regulating mechanism and it's trying to protect you. You cannot force your body into detoxing the way you can force your brain to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's just not how it happens. And so you have to work with this beautiful body that you've been given and, and actually learn to listen to it and not learning to listen to it is some of what gets us into where we're at, just us devalidating our own selves and our own thoughts and our own needs. So when you when you work with someone like a health coach, a lot of times that's what I'm working with my clients doing is what is a need you have? I actually have a client who um, 
as we were talking through, you know, her getting results she wanted, we realized that one of the things that was stressing her how regularly was her children asking for her to babysit her their grandchildren. And oftentimes, like very last minute. And she kind of felt bad because she doesn't have a full, she like, she and her husband finally finished up a business thing where she was involved. So he, he took over the rest of the business related, you know, income stuff. And she, for the first time in many decades, didn't have a specific job. And she was very much kind of looking forward to it. But then her kids kind of came into the scenario. I was like, hey, mom, can you take care of my kids? Can you take care of my kids? And it was very stressful to her. Um, and so, and she felt like she couldn't say no. Like, well, I used to have a job that made me sit made me be able to say no. And now, well, what reason do I have? And we just said, your reason is your own reason. And so we had her come up with what we call an ideal week. And I even have a handout that I work with my clients with where we say, ideally, you know, you know, what parts of the days you want to be doing what? And we found certain times of the week where she wants to regularly garden because she just, it's, feeding to her soul and her body. She loves the soil and the sun. And we found regular times where she wants to be able to read and regular times where we actually said, she's like, actually, it'd be okay if on a certain day, I told my kids, this is a day you can regularly expect me to be able to take care of the kids. Um, And we talked with her about proactively sharing this schedule or these times when she would or would not babysit with her children so that the next time they asked that she wouldn't they wouldn't be surprised they would just know um mom doesn't you know babysit on thursdays and so and that would actually help her with not feeling guilt and shame because hopefully it would reduce them asking and so um she's definitely one of my clients that's just an example of where you want to where boundaries can be so helpful and that was really 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 helpful she um she already knew a lot about supplements. She already knew a lot about health. And so some of the stuff we did together in her supplements or in her testing was really fine tuning. But some of the biggest major steps we made was creating a life where she could regularly take her supplements. She was like missing supplements due to saying yes to things last minute and in kind of feeling like she had to and not it being very hard for her to say no or just not sleeping as much or not feeling like peaceful and calm because she was overcommitting beyond what she felt comfortable with. And so that is a specific example of, you know, we could have supplemented all week or an all day and talked about supplements out the wazoo and it just wouldn't have been as effective. So another reason, reason number seven, why your supplements aren't working is diet complications. We've already talked a little bit about this, but not enough fat will mean you don't or not enough fat and not enough digesting of fat through stomach acid and bile and pancreatic enzymes means you're not going to be able to absorb fat-soluble vitamins. Not enough protein means you won't have enough amino acids to build neurotransmitters and rebuild your muscle and your cells. Inflammation-causing foods such as wheat, dairy, non-organic foods, high histamine foods, whatever your problem is, that's another problem I see is that I have clients who come in and they've been on a low FODMAP diet or an elimination diet or they're not on wheat or whatever it is. And I recently had a client where we were evaluating her health and I'm like, your problem isn't, you know, she was on an elimination diet and I said, you don't need an elimination diet. You need a low histamine diet, which is a very different concept. And so we put her on that and and that and it's been really helpful for our clients who, if they're having a histamine specific problem, that when we get rid of that, the inflammation significantly decreases in their body. Um, the other thing, the other thing to, worth noting is if you have a histamine problem, you most likely have an excess estrogen problem. And so again, you're not going to have like that's not necessarily a diet complication, but if you have excess estrogen um, and you're then getting histamine problems, you're going to like it can impact how well your your gut is working. It can cause leaky gut. Um, it's going to be problematic for you absorbing supplements. And you might want to consider a supplement, something different supplements that help with histamine breakdown. Um, and it just might not be on your radar. You might not be, you might not be even be aware you're having a histamine problem because it's just not talked about as much. So that is one of the benefits of working with a health practitioner, not just soloing it, not DIYing it, not guessing what you need, but actually getting someone to weigh out all these different variables so you're not 
so you're actually getting results for what you're putting time, effort, and money into, which is the supplements. Um, other complications with diet, which is if you need more carbs, if you're like a slow oxidizer, if you're someone who is di- who doesn't have a lot of stomach acid, bile, and um, pancreatic enzymes, if your stomach motility is decreased, sometimes eating carbs and small meals throughout the day will be more helpful and that will help balance out your energy levels and your cortisol and then your supplements will be more effective when you don't have excess cortisol if you need more protein and fat. Because you're a fast oxidizer, or you have a fast MAOA gene, if you've ever heard of that, um, or you have PCOS or you're insulin resistant, those will cause problems with supplements being effective or feeling like they're getting you the energy or the whatever that you need. Um, you might be someone who would benefit from snacking throughout the day if you have the fast MAOA gene or if you... Um, you might benefit from no snacking or even something like intermittent fasting if you have a slow MAOA gene mutation. So um, these are just some things I'm throwing out here. And we're, we're not talking about genes today. It's just too big of a topic. But if you are interested in genes and even this like gene I'm talking about, the MAOA, you can check out Dr. Ben Lynch's Dirty Genes book. We will be talking about genes in future episodes, though it's, it's very important for the whole healing process. Number eight, we're almost done for reasons why your supplements aren't working is pathogens. Um, We've kind of already talked about how like candida will cause problems with like collagen and breaking down and actually making you feel worse Um, or pathogens causing leaky gut so you're not absorbing supplements. But other things that pathogens can specifically do is they they need iron just like you do. And so they will absorb iron. And a lot of times when we see low iron on a blood chemistry test, it could be a dietary problem or it could be a stomach acid problem because you need stomach acid to absorb iron. And it could also be a pathogen problem because if your body knows you have a pathogen, a parasite or candida or whatever, it will, your body will hide your iron. And you actually can, there's different markers you can look at to actually see, is my body hiding iron? (laughs) And so you'll have certain iron markers that are really low and certain iron markers that are maybe normal or really, really high because your body is just trying to actually starve out or keep that pathogen from having the nutrients it needs. But at the same time, you don't have the nutrients, the bioavailable iron you need to have good like red blood cell health and all the different things that iron does for us. So um, other things is pathogens can absorb or block nutrients. Again, I mentioned collagen, candida can do that. Mold can absorb and block nutrients. Um, And pathogens will increase cortisol in your body. So that won't help you if you're taking adaptogens. Again, you're just not going to see the crazy cool results you could with adaptogens. And again, that's ashwagandha, rhodiola, um, different mushrooms, things like that, um, that are supposed to help with adrenal health. And you just won't if you have something that is freaking your adrenals out like pathogens or any other form of stress. Um, And number nine, the very last reason, we made it the very last reason why your supplements are not working is you have not given it enough time. And this is not the case. I'm I'm very careful in putting this as the very last one because I think that in some cases we're giving supplements too much time. We're just saying, well, if I just keep taking calcium or if I just keep taking vitamin D, it'll eventually work. And that's just not the case. The other problem, though, I see is um, not giving there, – there's totally times where someone takes a supplement, well, I tried it for a week or I tried it for a month. or And this is both supplements and lifestyle. Like, well, I went gluten-free for a month or three months. You have to go gluten-free for 12 months, ideally, and then – and make sure you don't have pathogens and anything else causing problems before you can evaluate, is gluten actually causing problems? And then with supplements – you know, if you're taking supplements and you're not off wheat, that's totally going to impact you. But if you are, if you haven't get enough time, given that everything else in your life sets you up to ha- respond well to supplements, you're helping your stomach acid levels, you're getting rid of pathogens, all this stuff. Um, if you don't give your pathogen protocols three to six months on average, you're not going to get rid of your pathogens. That's And that's your average pathogen like H. pylori or um, parasites. It depends on the pathogen. It depends on what else you're doing and 
how many pathogens you have and how weak you are when you start, things like that. But three to six months, um, I totally have clients who are done with pathogen protocols in like two or three months. Um, but I also totally have clients that need longer, like six. Um, and then chronic Lyme, I listened to a really great podcast episode uh, featuring Dr. Bill Rawls uh, called Healing Chronic Lyme Naturally on the WellBe podcast. We will link it in the show notes. It was a, I love the WellBe podcast, by the way. Um, if you're looking for another podcast that's really research driven and interviews some phenomenal integrative and functional doctors and just has a lot of great research, research is really one of the strengths of the WellBe podcast with Adrian Nolan. But um, that was just a really great one and helpful and insightful. He was an MD who was a gynecologist who ended up getting Lyme. And he went from literally being a gynecologist to a Lyme expert because he had to heal himself. And so he said that he, you know, you have acute Lyme, which is the initial exposure to Lyme. And you have chronic Lyme once Lyme gets inside of your cells. And he says that for anybody who has chronic Lyme, the Lyme is inside of their cells you know, maybe expect to be on herbs for that for three to five years. And he said he's been taking herbs to help his chronic Lyme for five years and he's noticed a difference over time. And so that might be depressing to hear, but it he has been improving over time and it's any he, and he knows it's gonna take a while. He knows that this is just something I do every day to help my body because I have Lyme. We live in a broken world, guys, and and we're not in this like shiny utopia that where we watch in marketing or on TV shows where everything's perfect by the end of the TV show or or like there's just some things that that we need to support for a long time. Um, heavy metals is something that can take a while to get rid of. Um, a lot of people say like the average heavy metal um, that you're dealing with, like aluminum or cadmium, it's going to take around three years, arsenic, uh, to get rid of and lead, which is really hard to get rid of. Some experts say up to 15 years. So you, and then lastly, you know, when you're considering how much time you've been on certain supplements, you want to consider, you know, am I on calcium? Have I ever explored, you know, do I have low stomach acid? Have I ever explored? Do I have a calcium shell? You know, do I have excess calcium or, you know, an excess calcium would be showing up in your hair. Um, it might not necessarily show up in blood chemistry tests, but is that excess calcium that you're excreting and basically draining out of your body resulting in low calcium in the blood? Um, all these things, you know, so you want to think dynamically, but then you also want to ask, how long have I been sick? How long have I had this problem? How long have I been going in this direction? And, and maybe your severe problems have only been in one to two years, but maybe you said, well, I've actually had cystic acne for 10 years and I was put on the pill when I was a teenager because my periods were out of control. And that's actually an early sign of um, imbalance in the body. You want to ask yourself, how long have I been having this problem? And that will give you an idea. It's not going to take the exact same amount of time to necessarily heal yourself 100% back, but just giving you an idea of it's reasonable that you will need to be on the right supplements at the right amounts with the right steps and the right combinations for enough time to, to then get off of supplements so you don't need them. And that is a place that you can get to. So I wanted to end this podcast episode with one question that I do feel like I kind of hear or get inferred on, which is the big question, do I actually need supplements to get better? And I want to speak to this in kind of a dynamic way. One I definitely don't want to subscribe a pill for an ill mentality of like every problem I have, I need a pill for. I don't want supplements to replace an override lifestyle. So sleeping, resting, eating, honestly, like the, the mental health stuff, which it feels like it's such a, I, I get the sense sometimes people are like, I don't, you know, like I've already gone to counseling before and, and maybe now it's something like trying something new like EMDR or craniosacral therapy or acupuncture or um, meditation or, or somatic experiencing, which is a specific type of counseling that brings in the body or internal family systems. That's why we have like we have an episode on internal family systems, which we can link in the show notes, which is a really beautiful um therapy that you can do even remotely. You don't need to do it in person um, of a new way to engage with your body and your mind and and just be 
just find healing. But like it's it's a way I can find I resist. Let's just be honest. Like I'm like I've done the counseling thing. I've 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 done healing. Like and when I miscarried in January, I knew that there was I wanted to dive in again to my emotional health. So I got a counselor and I found somebody who I felt would pair well and had skill sets that I was interested in diving into. And um we need to be like I, I definitely want to encourage lifestyle and and just like a healthy day-to-day life um, and not just saying supplements are all you need. But when I look at my own life, when I look at the clients I work with, when we look biologically, biochemically into people who are chronically sick, I when you are as deeply and chronically depleted as you get when you have been sick for a long time, I don't see any way that you could work around that without supplements without a boost to get everything going again and I know in the past like we didn't necessarily have supplements in the medieval age we also didn't necessarily have all the toxic burden that we had in the world and we also didn't have you know plenty of other beautiful pharmaceuticals that kept us alive and kept us from dying from like pneumonia and things like that so there are things like there's just a point blank point in time where we might benefit from a pharmaceutical that has penicillin in it, or we might benefit from a supplement that's going to have a specific important, a specific relevant point, not just, you know, my doctor says I have low calcium on my blood chemistry, but really diving into the deeper causes of that. So I do, I do believe and would say that you do need supplements to get better if you've been chronically depleted and chronically sick for a long enough time to be able to say like, yeah, I've had skin problems or fatigue problems or aches and pains or hormone imbalances, period problems ever since I was a teen or in my 20s or ever since I gave birth to my fourth child, like that, that you will need supplements to get better. So my recommendation from this podcast is to not necessarily take everything and feel like you have to apply it all right now or figure it all out yourself. But my, I just want to give you guys a couple takeaways to store in your mind as you move on your way, because this might have honestly been a lot of information for you to take in. And, and I wanted to give you guys a lot so that you just kind of saw the depth and the breadth and the complexities of what can go on when it comes to healing yourself. But the big takeaways I would love for you to walk away with is number one, be committed to the process. Your body and your health didn't get the way it is right now overnight, though it might have felt that way. <laughs> and it was accumulation of years and even decades and multiple events and multiple causes. There is number two um, recommendation is there's no one one-to-one pill for an ill ratio, which is you cannot get a list of nutrients you need to take from a blood chemistry test. You need to combine and compare your results of your blood chemistry with other tests and make sure you don't have pathogens and check your lifestyle and check your mineral balance and um, understand, you know, why you understand your liver burden, make sure your liver's detoxing, all those things. Um, you, you know, if you have osteoporosis, again, it might not be just I'm in menopause or I need more calcium. You really might want to consider other factors of why your body is leaching calcium. You, if you want a stronger gut, it may not be right for you to just take bone broth or just take probiotics. Again, that's still that pill for an ill ratio thing of like, well, if I know I have leaky gut or I know I have gut problems, I'll just take this one thing and it'll make it all better. And that's just unfortunately not how it works. So that's another thing I want you to take away from this. And um, along with that, with the there's no pill for an ill ratio, supplements don't override lifestyle. An overscheduled life, loneliness, trauma, all these things can really impact how effective supplements are. And if you need to do other things on top of supplementation to really see a difference in your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, Um, and your spiritual health even. And then lastly, my recommendation from this episode is partner with a functional health expert. Don't flail about just trying to find the right thing. Don't jump from supplement to supplement. Don't just try to find the right amount of milligrams to take a magnesium. You might not even need magnesium. You might need something else. (laughs) Um, Don't just start 
popping magnesium 308 because I said it was good for your brain (laughs) or don't just start or stop collagen because you're worried about how it'll hurt you. I would love to partner with you and help create clarity in the complexity of your body, realizing that there are answers, there is a solution, there there is a way to wade through all the data and different symptoms you're experiencing. If you do want to work with me and just finally get results in your health, you can apply by clicking our link in the show notes for our 30-minute consultation. I review each application for our 30-minute consultation personally. And if you are a good fit for our program, then you'll be able to schedule a 30-minute consultation with me and we will talk about what would be the best options for you to get the results you're wanting to see in your health. Right now, I only take four new clients a month so I can focus on each of you and serve you to the best of my ability. So spots are limited. If you want your health improved now, if you're ready to get going, if you are tired of guessing and you want to test and you want an expert on your side to help you wade through all the complexities and possibilities, which we didn't even cover all of them on this podcast episode, apply now, click on the link and save your spot for July. I would love to work with you. If you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you thought of a friend, maybe somebody who's taking a lot of supplements, somebody who is overwhelmed and tired of their supplements not working, I would encourage you to take a screenshot and send it to that friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that I have someone say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review. I have noticed some more ratings popping up, so I so appreciate that. But I haven't seen any more reviews lately, and I bet there's some of you who are sitting out there and have been listening for a while and enjoying our content. And so it means so much if you would click down in the in, to a link in the show notes to our Apple podcast area and leave us a review and a rating. Our reviews really help other people feel confident to come and check off this podcast and know that there is good information here and it is a good use of their time. So If you feel that this has been a good use of your time, leave us a review. I would so appreciate it. Other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And as a reminder, our quote, our motto, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.